Turn with me in your Bibles this evening, please, to the Gospel of Luke. Turning to the Gospel of Luke, please, and the chapter 18. The Gospel of Luke, and the chapter 18. <coughs> Reading from the verse 26, please. <coughs> Look in the chapter 18 and the verse 26. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed the world. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. The Lord Jesus says to remember Lot's wife. So I think it would be good to spend some time reading about what happened to Lot's wife. And we're turning to Genesis, please. Genesis in the chapter 19 and the verse 1. Genesis in the chapter 19, please, and the verse 1, the very first book in our Bibles. Genesis chapter 19 and the verse 1. This is the story that we find in here of Lot's wife and what happened to her. The Lord Jesus has said we ought to remember her. So therefore, we can take time to consider her story this evening. We read there, and there came two angels to Sodom and Eben. And Lot, that is, Lot, sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet. And ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, No, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he ate them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. Drop with me, please, down to verse 12. And the men, these are the men that God had entreated into his home. The man said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath set, set, sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, and get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed to be as one which mocked unto his sons-in-law. Sodom was a place of great sin. And these angels that came along to Lot, and they were saying to Lot, You need to get out of this city and get your family out of this city. And there Lot, he went and he faithfully proclaimed to his family, You need to get out. But it says there at the end of verse 14, But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. 
And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. The final few verses down at verse 24, please. This is what the Lord did to the city of sin. Says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife, but Lot's wife, looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Remember Lot's wife. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ told us to do. They shall not grow old as we are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn at the going down of the sun. And in the morning we will remember them. You know, as you enter into the west door of Westminster Abbey in London, I'm told that the tomb of the unknown soldier cannot be ignored. This grave is there to identify and keep alive the memory of all those who fell during the Great War in 1914 through to 1918. And of course this evening on Remembrance Sunday, we do well to remember all those who played their part to provide us with the freedom that we enjoy today. And of course the key word in this Sunday each year is that word remember. He will remember them. And the Bible, it has plenty to say about the word remember. It's important to remember, isn't it? Maybe you're a boy or girl listening this evening, and on your way out to school, you might hear your mum and dad say, remember your lunchbox, or, or remember your PA pet. Things that you mustn't forget, or there might be consequences. Maybe if you're a husband here this evening, you have to remember your wife's birthday, or, and you need to remember your anniversary. You don't forget, or there will be consequences. And even as we think about remembering, there are many people throughout history that we hear about and will remember for the impact that they had upon the world. People like George Washington, the first president of the United States of America. People like Albert Einstein, that famous physicist. Uh, people like Christopher Columbus, that famous explorer, Neil Armstrong, there to the moon, and the list could go on. Men and women that had great impacts upon our world. And when it comes to God's word, we even find, and we thought about this recently, the dying thief on the cross, and he asks the Lord to remember him. And those of us who are believers here in the meeting this evening, we're asked to remember the Lord to break bread and take the cup as he commands us, as he says to us, this do in remembrance of me. And this evening we've read the psalm warning in Luke 17, when the Lord himself warns us to remember Lot's wife. But what must we remember about Lot's wife? 
I mean, when we consider the book of Genesis, how interesting it is that the person we're asked to remember is Lot's wife. The Lord Jesus doesn't ask us to remember Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. Three men who are in heaven today, no, he doesn't ask us to remember them. Rather, the Lord Jesus asks us to remember one whose soul has been lost forever. Why is this? Why would the Lord Jesus ask us to remember Lot's wife? Well, I would like to suggest three reasons why the Lord Jesus encourages us to remember Lot's wife. The first of those is that she had many privileges. She had many privileges. Well, what privileges did she have? Well, first of all, she had a husband who was righteous. In Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 8, it tells us that Lot was a righteous man. So here we see a woman who had the privilege of being married to a righteous man. Lot was a man who had faith in God. And although he made mistakes, and although Lot he made a catalogue of poor decisions, we must note that God's word tells us there in Second Peter 2 verse 8, that Lot also sought to worship God and lead his family to do the same. This lady had a great privilege. She had a husband who feared and respected the Lord. A husband who sought to lead his family in the things of the Lord. But not only did she have a husband who was righteous, she also had a holy man related to her. Her husband's uncle was none other than Abraham. This great man of faith, Abraham, was a man who sought to obey God in everything that he did. In fact, we read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive as an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. Abraham was a man who obeyed the Lord. And you see, you see, when Abraham first received the promises from God, that God was going to make him the father of a great nation, it was probable that Lot's wife was present. But when Abraham built an altar unto the Lord between Hai and Bethel, it's probable that Lot's wife would have been present and seen her, Lot's uncle, worshipping the Lord. When Melchizedek, the king of Salem, came to offer Abraham bread and wine, Lot's wife was there to witness how Abraham he refused the bread and wine, but rather chose to honor God by refusing the gift. Lot's wife Lot's wife was able to look at Abraham and see his great witness before her, a husband who was righteous, a holy man related to her in Abraham, but also there were the angels, and the angels were there in our passage this evening, and they heralded the news that destruction was coming to Sodom. And when the angels came to Sodom and warned her husband to flee, she saw them, she was there, they were in her house. And the word of God was proclaimed to her by the angels. The news was delivered that because of the sin of the city of Sodom, that the Lord was going to utterly destroy it. She knew the consequences of sin. Not only did the angels warn her, but she had one final privilege. They also gave her a helping hand. You see, in verse 17... 
Excuse me, in verse 15, we read that the angels gave a helping hand, and when the morning arose, the angels hastened up, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, they lingered. The man had hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord, being merciful unto them, brought them forth and set them out of the city. The whole family were lingering in their sin, they loved their sin. And yet the Lord, being merciful, caused the angels to take each family member by the hand and take them out of the city. I tell you the faith and knowledge and prayers of Abraham would have been no secret to her. She heard the news from the angels. She was taken out of Sodom, that city of sin, by the hand. And yet in spite of all the privileges, she lived and died without God, without grace, and without hope. Dear friend, tonight, do you see the privileges that you have will never save you? Think of the privileges that God has given to you. The privilege of a land where the gospel is preached with more faithfulness than many other places. Why, even tonight, you've had the privilege of sitting in a Bible-believing church where the gospel is proclaimed Sunday by Sunday. Maybe you're here tonight and you've had the privilege of a Christian home Maybe you listen and you have a godly husband or a godly wife or godly parents or a godly aunt or uncle, some family members who clearly live out their faith before you. And you and you know that they pray for you, and yet you're still not saved. Let me tell you something, there's no greater privilege than to be in the presence of one who seeks to meet the Lord and num- the Lord number one in your family. How Lot and his wife had the privilege of Abraham praying for them too. You know, Abraham, he prayed. Abraham, as he prayed for them, we, we read that the Lord responded. And the Lord said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham prayed, and God remembered Abraham. Abraham prayed for his brethren in that city. He prayed for his family in that city that the Lord would spare them. And the Lord spared Lot and his wife as they were taken out of the city. Indeed, the deliverance of Lot's family was an answer to Abraham's prayer. Here was a woman who was an object of Abraham's prayers, but she was still Lot's. Let me tell you, dear unsaved friend, in the meeting tonight, or who listens in online, your soul has been prayed for before this meeting began. Let me tell you that many an hour has been spent before the Lord praying for your salvation. Many a tear has been shed for your soul. But you could be remembered in prayer. And still lost. You must come as a sinner to Christ. You must confess him as your Lord and Savior. Lot's wife was prayed for and yet she was gone. So that's why I echo the words of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. That's why I'll say it over and over again tonight. Remember Lot's wife. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ has told us to do. She was a woman who had many privileges. But I want you to secondly note this. I want you to see that her sin polluted her. Her sin polluted her. Here is a woman and she left the city of Sodom the same day as not her husband. But she was destroyed because she disobeyed God's clear command. 
The Lord Jesus holds her up this evening as a warning light and he says to you, remember Lot's wife, here was a woman who was turned into a pillar of salt, a statue, and she stands there and, and the judgment of God fell upon the city, but the judgment of God also fell upon her. And you know, the erosions of time and weather have obliterated that mournful statue now, but the Lord Jesus has embalmed her in the Bible as a warning to us all, remember Lot's wife. It's a solemn warning. The Lord Jesus doesn't say, beware of following or just take heed of intimidating or, or don't be led to Lot's wife. He says to remember her. He speaks as if we're in danger of forgetting this story. He stirs up our lazy memories. He bids us keep this woman ever before our minds. He says, remember Lot's wife. I want you to notice that, that, that in Sodom, where Lot and his wife were living, sin was prevalent. Sin had become an accepted way of life in Sodom, and they weren't ashamed. They lived as they wanted. And it seemed great for them at that time. And today, you know, here in Grange, and in the surrounding countryside, people are living just as they want. In our capital city of Belfast, there are people, and they're just living as they want. And sin is prevalent. And every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes. And it's an accepted way of life. And there's no shame in sin anymore. No wonder the angels say to, to Lot and his wife to get out. They need to get them out of the city for God was going to utterly destroy it because of the sin. Sin was prevalent. But not only was sin prevalent in Sodom, but this sin was punishable. Here was the city breaking God's laws. And God was going to punish them and destroy them because of their sin. And the warning came to Lot's wife and her family, and she was given simple instructions, but she failed to follow them. The society around Lot would not punish sin, but God most certainly would. And today, society may have accepted sin and won't punish it, but one day God will judge us for our sin. And one day God will utterly destroy this world, because it's been polluted with sin. You know, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is God. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also be. God's judgment was coming to Sodom. But what about God's wife? She was born. And she was given simple instructions. And let me say to you tonight, don't complicate the gospel. It's simple. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's how it was put to Lot's wife. Verse 17, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Simple instructions, look not behind thee. The messengers were faithful in delivering the message of God. She had heard the news of God's impending judgment from these messengers. She had looked in the anxious countenance of her husband as he ran round and played with his, with his sons-in-law. She watched him as he drank in the message of, 
of the angels and how he played with his family. But what about you? What about you? Have you not been faithfully warned? Have you not been told about the torment of the place called hell? About your darkness, the place that the worm never dies, the fire that's not quenched, the place of weeping, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Let me tell you, these aren't my words. These are the words that the Saviour himself used to describe the place called hell. Now these messengers made it clear that God's wife, to God's wife, that the matter was urgent. We read that when the morning arose, the angels hastened God. Judgment was coming. And yet God's family lingered, entangled by their sin that had polluted their whole family, not wanting to leave the pleasures, the friends, the possessions that they owned behind them. Why are you lingering, dear friend? Do you not realize the urgency regarding your salvation? There's a day of judgment coming to you very soon when you'll stand before the God of this universe and either you'll be saved or lost. That's why the Bible says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You might not be here next week by the time the gospel meeting comes round. Christ could have come. Death could have come. You would be in eternity. But where? You know, it was clear for God's wife. She knew the way of escape. Escape. Look not behind thee. She, she knew the where to escape. Escape to the mountains, she was told. She, she knew the why she, she, why she should escape. She was told, lest thou be consumed. She knew the when to escape. Arise. It was immediate. It needed to happen now. Well, let me tell you about another mountain. And it's a mountain that each man and woman ought to flee to. You see, our way of escape is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to heaven. Where do you want to escape? To escape? Well, it's the place called Mount Calvary. The Lord Jesus took the punishment for your sin in his own body in the tree, and there God smote Christ instead of you, and there Christ, by shedding his blood, opened up the way back to God. Why you want to escape? Well, a lost eternity awaits if we linger any longer. When you want to escape? No. Because now is the accepted time. Dear friend, heed the warning tonight. Give a choice to me. The Lord Jesus says, remember God's wife. You know, she heard the message. Can you picture the scene as she runs out of the city and there's Rob in front of her and he's running for his life and she's at his heels. Then suddenly she thinks of home and her daughters and her friends and could these messengers of judgment have been wrong? And she doubted whether God was really going to destroy Sodom. And the moment any man or woman begins to think that he or she knows better than God, well then their soul is in serious danger. I wonder are you like God's wife? You don't believe the danger of your situation. You don't believe that judgment is coming. You don't believe if you die without Christ that you'll be lost in hell. But let's consider what happened when Lot's wife got back. You see, here was a woman who had many privileges. Who had allowed her sin to pollute her. 
And you see, the final thing that we must know was that her punishment was monumental. She looked back. It was a steadfast, earnest, wistful, lingering, hankering look. Her heart was as solemn though her body was outside. She looked back and she longed for the delights that she was leaving behind. She preferred friendship with the world than friendship with God. Which will it be for you? The world or Christ? The pleasures of this world or the pleasures of the world to come? And we're told she became but a pillar of salt. From living flesh and blood turned to a pillar of salt. I'm sure Lot's love for his wife brought him back to visit that monument from time to time. And it wasn't just separation from his wife for time, but it was separation for eternity. He would never see her again. Lot may have wanted to speak with her, but she couldn't hear. Lot may have wanted to cry for her, but she couldn't respond. He may have wanted to urge her to flee, but she was a pillar, it was too late. She couldn't move, she was gone, her soul was in a lost eternity. She was dead and she was lost forever. No wonder the Lord Jesus Christ tells us this evening to remember Lot's wife. Let me ask you, is her story yours? Have you enjoyed privileges from God? Do you even know if you're needed salvation or you're reluctant to let go of the world and turn your back on it? Are you allowing your sin to pollute you? Remember Lot's wife. Remember how she came so far out of Sodom. And she came so near to the door of salvation. But she was almost saved, but lost. The story is told by a chaplain from a royal navy ship who, after a long period at sea, out searching for German destroyers, how the crew were exhausted and anxious to return home. Eventually, word came from the captain that they were coming into the port for a few days' break. And the men were delighted, and one lad was especially excited because his family lived in this town. And the boy requested permission to visit home, and his request was granted. And he was so excited that when the ship was about to dock beside the wall, he couldn't wait. And he jumped, but he missed the wall, and he went down between the wall and the ship, and he was drowned. The chaplain was asked to go and find his mother and relay the sad news. And the chaplain records how it was with a heavy heart that he made his way along those streets to that home. Eventually he came to a little, a little apartment and found the family he was looking for. He broke the news tenderly as he could. But this is what the chaplain said. He says, I will never forget the expression on that mother's face as she leaned back and she cried, almost home. Lord. I wonder will this be said of you? Almost say, but Lord, dear friend, say, remember us.